0: Hey, I'm back again. How you doing? All right. A um, couple of things. Firstly, um, sorry. Oh, no, you can keep the bells going. No, no, keep the bells going. Um, we're, we're a people of God and, and our God is a God of grace and mercy. Amen. All right. So you're going to show me lots of grace and mercy today. First time back in the pulpit for six weeks. So you don't know what you're going to get, do you? And I don't know what I'm going to give. So um, we're all on the same page. All right, so pray for me and be with me. I've talked to a couple of my prayer warriors who are praying for me this morning because I'm a little bit on edge. So we'll see how we go. Either that's a good thing or it could be crash and burn, no survivors. Um, Also, um, getting back into the swing of things, I did forget something that is happening today. We've got a partnership conference today, a very important one, looking at the finances and that. So after morning tea, we'll be back here, encourage as many people to come and be a part of that as possible. Also family challenge today, Pastor Panda who has been on my case this week. We're not on my case. He's a very good Pastor Panda and he's just letting me know where we're at. So today's family challenge, I'll tell you about right now. But next week we'll be having our last family kahoot for this year and it's all on Christmas. So start getting all your Christmas trivia stuff all in a line, you know, the Star Wars Christmas movie and all that sort of stuff um, and, and get all those sort of things in line because Pastor Panda... I reckon he's going to give us a really tricky one to finish the year with. All right, today, Pastor Panda and I had a chat, and we've got sermon bingo happening again today. So if you're visiting with us today, sermon bingo, it actually is good for the kids, but I've had just as many adults come up to me and say, hey, that was really good. I didn't fall asleep during your message because I was keen to get them all right and win the chocolate. So if you want to be a part of sermon bingo today, the sheets are right here at the front. Come and grab them, and we've got pens and everything here. All right, so come and grab those, and pens are at the front if you don't have pens. And the chalkies we'll put back here, so no one can come and grab them just yet. Now, I need to let you know that this week, Pastor Panda has been very good to me and helped me know that, and I find this very hard to believe, but um, apparently some people with Sermon Bingo have been just waiting to the end of the sermon and then crossing out all the words and bringing it forward. So I've got three sneaky ones in there that won't be used. So if you come up the front and they're all crossed out, I'll be able to see, no, you've got it wrong. All right. So thank you to Pastor Panda, who's uh, helping me make it all work and work well. All right. Okay. They're all gone? All right. Very good. Yeah, plenty of chocolates. I've got another lot of chocolates upstairs. <clears throat> All right, so let's pray, shall we? Oof. Father God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the stories that we've shared already and the one that uh, Bonnie and Judy shared about in the school. That is so good to hear. And it's so good to know that our grade 1s and grade 2s at Kiwana have been able to see and hear and be a part of the Christmas story. Today, Lord God, as we as a church start to get into your story at Christmas time. Lord, I pray that you would do a work in us. And as we pray this morning in the program, Lord, we ask right now, come, Holy Spirit. Come and do a work in and through us. Come and speak to us. Lord, we we give this time to you, we have worshipped you and glorified your name, we have shouted your fame, and now, Lord God, come and speak to us, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Loz, would you like to come and read our Bible reading today? Yep, I'll grab your mic. So, Luke chapter 1. There you go. Thanks,
1: I was just going to say, um, that was a brilliant first choir um, practice rehearsal. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. That song. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, yeah. does that mean everyone that sang it? I think it... so. Yeah, actually. <laughs> I'm, I like where you're going with that, Loss.
1: It was a beautiful song, yeah. All right. Yes, and we sing that song at Mainly Music. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Okay, so I'm reading from Luke chapter 1, verses 5 to 25. Okay, so. This is about the birth of John the Baptist foretold. Okay. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. Once when Zachariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the customs of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zachariah saw him, He was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other uh, fermented drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to wisdom, to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. Then he came out. He could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me. She said, in these days he has shown his favour and taken away my disgrace among the people.
0: Thank you very much, Loz. Very well read. Loved it. Um, We live in a a different time, don't we? It's a weird time. Um, The fact that I turned my phone off for the holidays and got off Facebook which helped cleared my head, was, was amazing. And, and yet we all live with that. I was sharing that story with someone and, and he was saying, well, Donnie, doesn't your heart break for the millennials who, who are always online, who are always on Snapchat, they're on TikTok, they're on Facebook, if, if not Facebook, the other stuff. Um, and it's just all Instagram and everything's action, 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 action. And there's t- let's have a look at what we're eating. Take a photo and let everyone know what we're eating. And, and all these different things that are taking place. And it." And then when it comes to -to face-to-face interaction, how do we do that? And there seems to be less and less of that taking place. And I went, yeah, well, that's an interesting comment to make. But we live in interesting times. Um, No news for that month. And so it was interesting to come back and hear of all the different things that were taking place. It breaks my heart that, um, you know, at the cricket yesterday, there's only 5,000 people watching the cricket. What the heck? We used to love going to the cricket and be packed. I remember going to the Gabba and absolutely packed. But now we're in different times. Things are changing. Things are changing. How many people like that story today? You like that story? I love that story. I love it. It's it's an interesting time in God's word. What chapter are we in the book of Luke? Chapter 1. And verse 5 is where we started. And if you read verses 1 to 4, it's all about the intro. So we're at the very beginning of the story that Luke is putting together for the people to hear about the testimony and the goodness of God's grace in and through his testimony in the book of Luke. The other thing is, is this is a time in history where God has not spoken through prophets or anything like that for four hundred years, four hundred years, the last time that the Old Testament prophets were off doing their thing. I'm currently reading through the Bible in a year, and I'm going through Jeremiah and Isaiah and Micah, Hosea, and it's like, my goodness, these prophets, my goodness, the Word of God, and and you almost hear God saying in the book of Micah, where he comes out and that beautiful verse that we love, Micah six verse eight, and 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 we know that you know we need to. Seek justice and love mercy and walk humbly with our God. We know that part. We know that part. And the verse before it says, God's told you, O man, what you should do. You can almost hear God's frustration coming through Micah. I've already told you what you need to do. I've already told you through the prophets and the priests. This is the mandate that I've placed on your life. And Micah has to say it. And if you read through Isaiah and Jeremiah again, and again, God's word keeps coming back to the people. And I'm just saying, man, I'm getting tired hearing the same message all the time. How did the people of Israel not get the message? And it's as like God said, okay, enough. It's like Cynthia, when she gets frustrated with me, I'm not going to tell him again. I've already told him 14 times that the, 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 the water damage coming out of the bathroom is, is hitting the water and the, on the floor. If he, I've already told him, if he's not going to fix it. Then what good telling him another time? as if God's going, I've told them. I've told them. And then we sit here in 2022 and going, those naughty Israelites, how dare they not listen to God? I wonder where we are as a nation. We are because we have not listened to God. We have not been obedient. We have not repented of the things in our lives. Zechariah and Elizabeth come along at a period of time where God's been silent. God has been silent. And yet the priests of the day, as we read about in Zechariah, they get up and they do the incense in the Holy of Holies. They go into the temple. And, and according to a number of commentary readers that I, uh, writers that I read this week, this that Zechariah was getting to do, was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So what Zechariah gets to do here is just amazing significance in his life. And I reflected on, on my ordination in this place some four years ago. It's a once-in-a-lifetime. I only get ordained once. Okay? Once. It was a significant time. This is something Zechariah is doing, and it's significant for him because he gets to go into this place and offer the incense And everyone outside is worshipping and praising God and and interceding on behalf of where Israel is at. It's a special time. And the interesting thing that Luke points out here is that not only is Zechariah in the heritage of the priesthood, but so is his wife, Elizabeth. Isn't that cool to hear that? Can I get an amen from the ladies? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Elizabeth, she's in the line too. She's a part of the priesthood family. She's important because this story is not just about Zechariah, is it? It's about Elizabeth. And Elizabeth, as it's said in today's reading, is very, very old. Now, how many people still read the King James? No one? Okay, a couple. I was reading through the King James in this passage this week and Arthur Guess what? Elizabeth was stricken with age. According to the King James, Elizabeth was stricken with age. Who else in the Old Testament was stricken with age when she was about to have a baby? Sarah. She was stricken with age. And and Abraham, was he stricken with age? Yeah. And were they a miracle family? Yeah. So at the very beginning of the New Testament, the book of Luke, Luke is pointing out another amazing parallel, isn't he? He says to the people, the readers, whether they're Jewish or Gentile, you know those people, Father Abraham, all the way back in the day, they couldn't have kids and God intervened into their life and they had a son and that son is the first of the nation. Here we have another time where this is the first of something amazing. Something amazing is taking place and the parallel is just incredible. Another woman stricken with age. Another couple praying. Could you imagine how much they were praying to have kids? In our day and age, I know I've met with families, a couple of people we caught up to in the holidays, friends from our old church. And um, Megan Armstrong, not here today. Um, Pamela, you might be able to confer this with me or any other nurses in the house. Um, Yes, Bonnie. So this lady was telling us that she's just turned 40 and she's just had her second child. He had her first child when she was about 36, honey, 37, 36, 37. Now, guess what they called her? Oh, wow, you knew that. A geriatric birth. Yeah, she was a geriatric at that age. You're kidding me. A geriatric at 36. Yeah, See, that's getting old. Where's midlife for her when she was 12? <laughs> what the heck? Our hospital system, who is full of... Non-discrimination, not in everything, but it's okay to call a beautiful woman who's thirty-five or thirty-six geriatric. Whoa, naughty hospital. Over twenty-five. Primagavia. So that's Latin thing? Yep, okay. So here we go. Here's a woman stricken with age. Wonder what the, the midwives and everything were saying back in Elizabeth's day. Do not go there. Don't do it. You'll die. But God said, no, don't listen to God. But we've been praying all our lives for a baby. All our lives. Now, let's have a look at it. Open up to about verse 6. Now, we find out that Zechariah belonged to the division. Now, anyone get a, a quick go? What? The division of the priests? The division? Who knows about the division of the priests? How many divisions of priests are there? Paul, you want to answer? you know this Off the top of your head. Oh, surprised. Anyone? How many divisions of priests were there? Twelve. What a great answer, but wrong. Thanks for (laughs) playing. Twenty-four. In the time of David, because the priesthood had grown so much from Aaron's time, they kept having kids. And when you were born into the family of priests, you had all these priests. And so when they got to David's stage... They had to divide it into 24 divisions. Now, now I'm reading this and I'm going, 24 divisions of priests. And then I read a bit more about Zechariah. Now, Zechariah was in there and he went in to do his time at the temple. And when his time was up, guess what? He went home. And he was home until John the Baptist was born. Now, that's a good sabbatical. Goes and does his time, gets to do the incense, and then he goes home and be with his wife through the pregnancy. Sign me up. Where's the division of QB priests? We can't find enough priests to get in our churches in QB or in any other denomination in Queensland at the moment. The Anglicans are in trouble, the United Church is in trouble, and don't let's talk about the Catholics. They're bringing people over from overseas, missionaries who are coming to become priests in our churches because we've got no one in Bible college signing up to become pastors. And yet here, there's 24 divisions, and they get to have this great sabbatical at the end of their time, and they go home. Well, Zechariah was a part of that division, and it says which one it was. Now, they both were righteous in the sight of God. Read that. They were both righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees, how? Blamelessly. 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 These guys were righteous and blameless. They were phenomenal in God. God honored them highly. He respected them highly. They were blameless before God. Good couple, hey? Hold on a sec. He was stricken with age. He's an old man. They didn't have kids. And yet they were righteous and blameless. How many people are going, hold on a sec? Back in this time, if you could not have kids, guess what? There was something wrong with you. You weren't righteous. You weren't blameless. There was something wrong. There was a hidden sin. A hidden sin. And it wasn't just in that time. I've, I've talked with people in the last 12 months that, you know, one family had nine miscarriages. Nine miscarriages. How bad's that? that? That breaks my heart. The one family, nine miscarriages. And after like the fifth or sixth one, someone in the church came up to them and said, obviously you need to repent of something. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? Really? That's God's word for them? You need to repent so you can have kids. That was the word back here though. So even though this royal priesthood people were doing this, I reckon the in the background was there's something wrong with them. They're not really royal. They're not really priesthood. They're not really blameless. They can't have kids. And even at the very end, like was read out, the stench was removed from Elizabeth when John was born. Even she thought that. So you can you imagine how they were praying? Yeah? Yeah, they were praying all right. They were praying something amazing. So anyway, we get to this point. Zechariah goes in, he's doing what he needs to do, and it's a, it's a special occasion. You can just imagine him, you know, this is amazing. I'm getting to do this. They're praying I'm in this. You know, I'm a cricket tragic. I've told you about that. My, my younger brother, Neil, um, he got to be a security guard at the MCG. All right? He's a cricket tragic like me, and the very first time he's a security guard at the MCG, and it was the Boxing Day, one of the tests. Boxing Day, one of the tests. Anyway, he's going on as a security guard, and he's texting me. I'm walking through the MCG. And he goes, I'm standing on the MCG. I can't believe this. I'm watching cricket at the MCG, standing on the field being a security guard. And then it got better and better for him. He just kept going and going. So he was just amazed at this event that was taking place. Could you imagine Zechariah? He's going in to offer incense on behalf of of the nation and he goes in. They're worshipping outside. He's doing his thing and all of a sudden an angel appears. Now hold on. How many years ago was it that an angel appeared? Well and truly over 400 years ago. This is not a common occurrence. This is not like Zacharias' fan goes, ah oh, cool yeah I heard uh, Brother Bob had an angel appear to him last week. Ah. Yeah. Sister Michelle had a vision and yeah. Now there's none of that happening. This is a brand new occurrence. Gabriel. And even Gabriel ends up telling him where he's from. I stand in the throne room of God Almighty, and I'm bringing this message to you today. An angel appears, and you can wonder why he's terrified. And the angel says an incredible message. Did you read the message? Did you hear what it says? And it says, Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will call him John. Which apparently means Jehovah has given grace. How cool a name, John? I'm the son of God has given grace. All right, God has given grace. You will give him name him John. This is the seventh time in the Bible. Well, it was one of seven. Sorry, one of seven because another one's happening in six months' time. One of seven where the person's name is given before they're born. Isn't that cool? So John was given, ordained, this is what he will be a joy and a delight to you. How many mums and dads want to hear a word like that when they're having a baby? This baby will be a joy and a delight to you. Amen says bring it on. Bring it on. That was Michaela. Michaela was a joy and a delight. As, as a baby. As a baby. She was a joy and a delight. Toilet trained over a weekend. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We used to say Michaela gave us six bad nights in that whole time. Six bad nights. Jamie gave us six good nights. Michaela was the joy and the delight. Jamie, Jamie's Jamie. All right, it says this, joy and delight. Um, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. How many of you want that word for your son and daughter? He will be great in the sight of the Lord. But here it is. Never give them wine or fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. Filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. My goodness. This is a some, something phenomenal, this prophetic word given by an angel to a priest, and he will bring the people back to their Lord God, and he will go before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah. How cool. In the spirit and power of Elijah's like, he's here. He's the one. If you want to go in the spirit of power of someone, Elijah is the one. Off he goes. And he'll turn the hearts of the parents to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous and make ready and prepare a way for the Lord to come. Because cousin Jesus is coming. In six months' time, the same angel appears to Mary and says the same sort of stuff. Here comes Jesus. And Zechariah says, how can I be sure of this? Oops. Oops. Not, wow, praise God, that's a great word. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to jump around. Well, thank you, Gabriel. Gabriel. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to jump around and get excited. That's a great word. I'm going to pray for that. You know, Angel, my wife Elizabeth, or maybe he called her Liz, Liz and I, we've been praying into this for years. Thank you. This is so good. And it comes on this special day where I'm before the throne room and it's just such an answer to prayer. Thank you. Do you think he could have done that? But he goes, no. Really? really? Is this really what's going to happen? How can this be true? I'm an old man. And my wife, she's stricken with age. You got it wrong. How many of us have ever said to God, you've got it wrong? You got it wrong. You've got it wrong. That's not for me. I couldn't do that. That's not for my kid. I can't do that. Aren't we blessed that we don't get shut up for 12 months? Could you imagine? You go into a prayer time, you have this great time with God, and God says something into your life, and then you go, "Yeah, nah, good Aussie, yeah, nah." And then, as you come out of the prayer room and and you go about your life, and you go, "Oh," and you can't speak. You can't speak because you're being disobedient before God. I wonder how much in the church would be silent. Let's have a time of praise (laughs) worship. We're all being disobedient. We're all not following through on what God's got. We haven't repented of the stuff in our hearts. We're hiding it away. But God knows what's going on. Mm. This is an encouragement folder. I, um, I've i got a numer- number of these. And people have written nice things to me over the times. Um, this one is... uh Sorry. Just different people. Something from Jared Belay. He wrote me some nice words once upon a time. Um, Premiers, Prime Ministers. I was flicking through this in my holidays as I was cleaning up. Cynthia and I did a bit of cleaning up and I threw out some stuff. Here's one from Anna Blythe, Premier of Queensland. Thanks, Anna. Here's another one from Jared. Um, Oh, Tony Abbott. Thanks, Tony. There we go. Tony, the Prime Minister at the time. Thank you, Pastor Johnson, for your kind letter. Campbell Newman. There you go whole bunch of amazing and encouraging letters from all these different people across my lifetime word of affirmation is one of my areas of love language and so when i have someone like rosie and how she encourages me and i know i'm not the only one in this church that she encourages but every now and then she'll send me a text message or she'll do something or send me an email and and it's always so good and every time i get that i go from here yeah i got this I can do this. And reading through that, and, and and reading some, where's Evie? I saw Evie this morning. Evie, where are you? Evie, in here. See if I can find it. In praise of our God, Evelyn Shepherd written the twentieth of the eighth 09. That poem you wrote about where we were as a church, and she says some nice things. Let, let me, I'll, I'll, I'll embarrass you, Evie. You ready? Now Donnie, much loved, keeps doing the work, and quite life grieves the loss of some folk, but heaven to glory and wait for us there, we'll all be together when the Lord is so fair. So that's just one of the lines, but thank you, Evie. So there's a whole bunch of amazing ones. This one here is an even older folder, and it's got my resume in it from 1984. Want, want me to tell you how good I was in 1984? Yeah. And, and it has a whole bunch of other great references, it's got my... Bible college stuff, it's got my all my awards. But at the very back of it, it has a prophetic word that was given to me in 1989. And in that prophetic word, it says, I will become a pillar in the church. How's that? I thought, that's pretty cool. And it says, the call of God is upon my life and I'll impact the community. That's pretty cool. I'm reading it today, well, yesterday, and I'm going, wow, there's a prophetic word given to me back in that time, and it was given in a time that was full of heartache and pain, and yet there it is. God said it, and now I look back and I go, there you go, God. You've done it. You've done it. Your word is true. Your prophetic word, the word of God, it's true. Why don't we listen to it? Why don't we grab hold of it? Why are we like Zechariah and go? Yeah, no, that can't happen. What you want to work through that person, but she's stricken with age, or they're too young, or they're not Bible college trained. They can't do it. The challenging thing for me in this section was the priesthood was twenty-four divisions. So many priests to do it. Where's the Baptist Church? We say we are the priesthood of All believers. All believers. So who is the responsibility of the priesthood in Kiwana Life Baptist Church? I want you to say it out loud because all believers. Who's the believer of Jesus? Yeah, the priesthood of all believers. It's up to us. We're all unofficial chaplains. You're all unofficial ministers. You're all about the work of God. It's not just the paid hands. It's not just the hired hand. It's not just Zechariah or Elizabeth or Donnie and Cynthia or Nat and Allison. Not even just the leadership team. It's all of us. All of us working together to be about the kingdom of God. Putting the shoulder to the grind. Being obedient to the call of God. Now we're going to do something a little bit different. Communion is usually about Repentance because at this time we get to remember what Jesus did for you and for me on the cross. And so I want to start with repentance. I want to start with how God may have spoken to you somewhere in and through your life. I remember talking to a young guy many years ago and he said, you know, God told me to get baptised. Have you been baptised? No. Why not? Nah, no, never got around to it. Okay, so if God told you to get baptised, why wouldn't you say yes, Lord? If God told you to do this, why wouldn't you do it? What's the problem? So when we come to the table, as you take the cup and the bread, just say, Lord, I've walked with you many years, and for those of us who are older, we've walked longer. And, Lord, I just want to bring before you right now. I want to ask, Lord God, you would help me to repent of any of the things you've told me to do and I've not done. You gave this brilliant word to Zechariah. Brilliant word to Zechariah. And he went, yeah, no. Nah. I don't want to say yeah, no nah, anymore. But for you, you might be, yep, I have followed through. I have done what God's called me to do. I have run the race and I've run it well then take the opportunity to just say, here are my hands, Lord. What do you want to place in my hands at this time in my life? At this time in my life? I told you a story earlier tonight, this morning, about one of the saints in this church who prays every day and prays and prays and prays. And if that's the mantle that you're carrying right now and saying, yeah, I'm going to pray, I'm going to be a prayer warrior, then I'll Say amen to that because we need prayer warriors in the church today. We really do. We need to have people touch in heaven and change in earth, bringing about the difference. We're going to come to a time of communion. We're going to remember what Jesus did for us. We're going to thank him. We're going to take that opportunity to repent of any of the undone things or the non-obedient things. Then we're going to say, okay, God, here I am. Here I am, your servant. Use me. Use me. Can other servers come forward, please? And as per our custom here at Kiwana Life, just take the, the bread at, at your leisure, but hold on to the cup and we'll take the cup all together. For well, we are the family of God, the believers, the priesthood of all believers, one in Christ, about the Father's work. Let's pray. So in closing, the story goes on. Zechariah comes out and the people are all amazed that he's not dead. Something's happened. And they know he'd spent time with God. Why? He could no longer speak. They all thought it was a good thing. I wonder if he knew it was the bad thing. Does he go straight home? No. He finishes his time. And he has no phone to ring Elizabeth. I don't know if he wrote something out and sent it by, you know, pigeon or whatever. There was certainly no text message. But the prayer that God was working in and through for him and Elizabeth had been said and Elizabeth's at home and he's at work. And he stays, and then he finishes and he goes home, and straight away Elizabeth conceives. And she stays. And she is amazed at what is taken. And she understands that what is impossible with man was possible with God. And for you and for me, whatever we might think is impossible for us is possible when God gets involved. When God gets involved and does what he needs to do. We live in a day and an age where things are messy. Grace seems to be messy because there's so much that is needed. And even as we step out in faith, sometimes we like to think that we've got it all lined up, that one plus one equals two. I love it when one plus one equals two. But sometimes working in God, he has a different way of doing maths in faith. And sometimes the only thing he asks us to do is to take that first step for that bridge to start appearing. It's like messy grace meets messy faith. How do we walk this? We don't always get it right. But if we walk with God, we'll get it. Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you for the amazing God that you are, that you do things out of the ordinary. And Father, for these people, 400 years of silence, 400 years of no prophets, 400 years, wow. And yet here today something's starting to happen. Angels appear, prophetic words are given. And we we realise a little bit later in the chapter that Zechariah gets a word and he prophesies. It's all happening, Lord God. And miraculously when the baby is born, Father, when everybody else wants to name him Zechariah after his dad, And Elizabeth says, no, it should be John. It's only when Zechariah does whatever he does to make them understand and then he gets to say his first phrase. His name is to be John. Oh, Lord God. That must have been an amazing testimony in that village at that time. And I thank you for the story of John the Baptist, the one who came before the one who was baptized by your Holy Spirit, filled in the womb. Wow. Lord, may you continue to fill us with your Holy Spirit. May you continue to guide us as we repent and come before you and hold out our hands and say, here am I, use me. Jesus' name, God's people said, amen. Amen. I'm going to hand over to Randall. And then we're gonna finish with little Eli doing the benediction. Yes, Lockie. Aha. Come and see me at the end of the service and I'll hand out my Chalkies. <laughs> chockies. Chockies.